Hello, and welcome to Confessions of a Grieving Mother by Emma's Footprints. Over the next half hour, we are going to be climbing in the trenches of grief. Tracy and I will be bringing you stories to give you a real look on what families go through after they experience a pregnancy or infant loss. Our goal is to help educate, support, and break the stigma around this topic. We're going to laugh and cry as we remember our babies. This is going to be real, raw, and vulnerable. So get your boots on. It's going to be messy. Good morning. Good morning. I am Tracy, Emma's mom. And I'm Julie, Gus's mom. And this is, uh, we're in season two of our podcast. And today on the phone, we have Allison Jacobson calling in from Ridgefield, Connecticut. Right? You live in Ridgefield? Actually, it's Wilson, but it's close enough. (laughs) We'll pretend. Well, listen, my brother lives in Ridgefield, and I know you live very close to him. (laughs) So in my mind, you just live in Ridgefield, but shout out to Connecticut. Hi, Allison. Hello. I'm so glad you guys uh, reached out to me to be on your show. Well, it's an honor that you said yes, um, and I'm so excited. We're just going to dive right in. Um, Do you want to start and tell us... um, when you found out you were pregnant with Connor. Yes, and, and you know, I have to tell you, this is many years ago now, so we are really going back. So um, it was 1997, and, um, you know, I, I, I had planned out most of my life. I'm that type A kind of person. It's like, okay, I'm going to get married now. Okay, I'm going to have a baby now, and boom, that's exactly how it happened I mean it it, you know knock on wood I didn't have any complications and it was super easy you were checking the boxes (laughs) I'm like how's that plan working out for you I just like when people say that I'm like oh you know because you're you're a checkbox you really oh I'm so much a check check oh yeah check box I plan everything yes so check you you (laughs) wanted to get pregnant got pregnant check and and you said the pregnancy was was easy Pregnancy was easy, and you know, fortunately, I'm I'm one of those people, and I didn't know it at the time, but I love being pregnant. Like mm-hmm. it was easy for me. I did yoga throughout it. Like it was all great. It was I, you know, wanted to have. I moved from LA. I lived in LA for ten years, so I was very holistic. I wanted to have a um, doula. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have a water birth. Like it was going to mm-hmm. be all natural. And, um, you know, for, for, for most of the case it was, but you know, God always has his own plan and not everything goes the way you assume it's going to be. But, you know, I did, I did labor with no drugs and I was in a birth cottage in a tub, which was fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. What exactly is a birth cottage? So it's fabulous. It, um, (laughs) I gave birth at Hudson Valley hospital, but off the hospital is a cottage and there's literally only six private rooms that are with midwives and it's when I tell you it's like a hotel room it's a hotel room wow wow and you have your own private bathroom and it's just lovely that's so it was like yeah I mean like a beautiful four-poster bed like everything but you know you're right at the hospital should you need anything and so, as it turned out, that was me. After laboring for hours and hours and hours, they're like, yeah, this is just, your your labor's just not pushing along far enough. We're going to have to go down to the hospital. Mm. 
So bummed as I was, we did go down to the hospital and they gave me Pitocin. And I have to tell you, I mean, 23 years ago, I'm having a hard time remembering this. Gave me Pitocin. It's coming back pretty quick. Still no drugs and um, gave birth. No problem. Wow. Wow. I mean, just just giving birth, you're a superhero. Yeah. But but, (laughs) with Pitocin. (laughs) 23 hours in labor. Um, no drugs, Pitocin, and a healthy baby, seven pounds, 10 ounces, um, Connor Andrew Rhodes. Oh, I love it. So did you know you were having a boy? Was that all prepared? Um, I did know I was having a boy. Again, that goes back to me being the planner. Right. Yes, like, totally. Just, <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah. check. Um, and like after we hear, you know, your, your story, we will obviously connect even more, but, um, I don't, I don't want surprises. And after, you know, after our loss, it's like, no more surprises. Yeah. That was enough. Yeah. 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 No, I'm not the type that wants a surprise party. No. Like, no. I just, you know, I like, I like planning things. Yeah. I also, because I want it the way I want it. Yeah. So, totally. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, um, I think so, that, yeah. that helps, especially, well, in birth, you know, it, it, it is your birth. And so yeah. you exactly. get to call the shots and uh, that's where you're well, empowered. And yeah, and I think that's really important because especially with a first-time mom, mm-hmm. she's nervous, she's scared. I don't care how much you read. When you go into mm-hmm. it, it's like, I'm relying on that doctor. I'm relying on whomever. And you don't have to. You know, you really need to be an advocate for yourself. Yes. And, and sometimes that's hard. Now, having said that, you know, we all know that you go in with one birth plan and it's not necessarily going to be the way you expected. Mm-hmm, right. So you do have to have that flexibility. Right. Exactly. Oh, I love that. I just want to hear all your birth stories. (laughs) How many children do you have? I now have four. Okay. And my baby just turned 15. So yeah, I'm I'm on the other end. You've, you've made, you've made it through. Yeah. You have a lot of wisdom. Okay. So thank you. Well, you, okay. So you have Connor. um, I had Connor. Yep. And he was born in April. Um, I was a senior executive at a PR firm and I wanted to go back to work. I knew that was the right thing. And for, look, for some parents, for some moms, staying at home is the right thing to do. For me, I just knew it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, we absolutely needed the income, but I loved my job mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I went back. Um, Connor was born in April. I went back at the end of June, way end of June. And um, found a wonderful, wonderful in-home care, daycare provider. Mm -hmm. Did a lot of research. Mm -hmm. And it was the right thing. It was a grandma and a mom and a daughter. And they only had six kids. Mm -hmm. And it was right around the corner from my house. And just wonderful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely wonderful. Um, So I'm going to just like, so we keep moving forward, just go right into my story, if that's okay with you guys. Yeah. So um, Connor had been in daycare for about six weeks and it was right and like big baby, really, you know, healthy. I had just been for his four month checkup and we had decided to go to a reunion in Maine. And so it was, I took him, it was a small plane, but had him on a plane ride, took him to the family reunion. He was just starting on solids. I had given him peas. That was the only food like he was trying Mm -hmm. and everything was great. And we got back from the reunion on Sunday, went to daycare on Monday, 
Tuesday, dropped him off, typical day, like around 7, raced to the train station, got into work, and um, I was a senior executive, so I had a bunch of people working for me. I had my own office, and it was around 9 a.m., when the phone call came in and the daycare, and I had listened to your story, so it, it, mm-hmm. it was just absolutely the same as mine. Mm-hmm. Um, the daycare called and said, there's a problem with the baby. He's not breathing. Mm-hmm. And just like you, kind of like everything stopped at that moment. And because, you know, it, I was so new, I like, I was, you know, fumbling with calling my pediatrician. I didn't Mm -hmm. even remember the number. And I must have screamed. I don't even remember that Mm -hmm. I screamed, but I must have screamed because a bunch of people came running to my office door. And my boss came in. I adored her. She was amazing. And I told her, problem with the baby, not breathing. She, you know, helped me get the number for the pediatrician. They said, you know, we're meeting you there. And kind of same thing like you, I took the train into Manhattan. Well, there was no way in hell I was taking the train back. So they called a car service for me. Mm. And I just remember this poor car driver. (laughs) It was a, you know, a town car and he was Russian. Mm. And he was trying to get me from Midtown over to the east side in traffic. And here, this poor man has this hysterical woman in the back of the car. Yeah. And he ran a red light and got stopped by a cop. Oh, Oh my gosh. gosh. And I remember him saying, please, sir, we're trying. And I just start screaming at the cop saying, my baby's not breathing. I have to get home. And God love him. He gave us a police escort to the FDR. Yes, I love that. Which was wonderful. I feel like um, there's, um, in a recent story that we shared that happened to another mother and she actually got um i think she got escorted as well yeah, by, by the, yeah she's um, in pittsburgh downtown pittsburgh yeah and i remember yeah. when it was when it was me in the car with um my receptionist she i said just go fast if we get pulled over like we'll just tell them why we're getting pulled <laughs> yep. over and they'll do something yep. about it yeah. like yeah yeah so i love that, that and- happened. yeah oh yeah and so my husband at the time he's my ex-husband now he um, worked from home and he was around the corner from daycare. So he was already at the daycare. And as fortune would have it, my other friend who was Connor's godmother happened to be driving around and she's like, you know what? I just want to stop in and see Connor. Oh my God. And just as fate, she happened to be there for oh my God. husband oh when my all God. this was happening. So I remember being on 95, and, and for the longest time, I couldn't travel on 95. And I just remember being in the backseat of the car, um, making deals with God, praying to God, saying, take me. Like, everything's oh, running through my head. Yes. And my husband didn't want me to know what was going on, so he wasn't answering my call. Mm. And he put my friend on the phone and just said, well, we're here at the hospital. They're working on him. Meanwhile, I had called my mom and I said, you need to get to the emergency room. You need to get to the emergency room. So, I mean, you know, blank, everything going through my head. We got to the ER and I remember my cousin coming out. It's like you. I don't remember everything, but I remember Mm -hmm. my cousin coming out. She was studying to be a nurse. And she got me out of the car, and I remember going into the ER, and she mouthed to the woman, it's the mother. Mm. So they took me back into a room, and unlike you, it wasn't an empty room. It was it was a room, and I remember there being a window. So I assumed Connor was behind the window. Mm. And my husband was there, and all I remember him saying was, Connor's with God. Oh, my gosh. And I remember jumping into his arms and 
screaming and then I must have fainted because mm. I fell to the ground. And when I came out of it, I realized it was almost like waking up from a dream. There were about seven people in this tiny room. My mother, the cops, who, these big burly cops who were crying, the mm. pediatrician, like all these people were in the room. It was it was surreal. Yeah. Was it um, when you look back, was it was it noisy like or do you was no. it like chaos or no it wasn't it was totally silent but i do remember like i must have started hyperventilating because everybody was just saying breathe mm -hmm. and so i calmed down and they said do you want to hold connor mm. and then the same thing like you i remember going into this room i don't even remember what was in there except i was in this wooden rocking chair it's so funny and they how you can Connor... remember specific yeah. things because they right. end up triggering you at some other point. Yeah. It's oh. like, nope, not sitting in that kind of chair. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. That's why I couldn't drive on 95 yeah. for years. Yeah. Like, it was so triggering. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember holding them. And, like, I didn't, again, I don't know if I don't remember, but I don't remember him feeling cold and stiff. He was wrapped in a blanket. Mm -hmm. And I just remember holding. Now, this it, it happened a lot faster. Like, I was there pretty quickly. but right. um, And I remember holding him for the longest time. And I don't think anyone said, okay, you need to leave. But I did know I needed to leave. They were, yeah, yeah maybe waiting for that. Yeah. Waiting for you for that. Yeah. And so I got up and left. And they, you know... Again, I was such a non-drug person. I didn't want drugs. Mm -hmm. So I said no. And I remember, though, getting home. And the first thing I did was I went upstairs and I took off all the clothes I was wearing and dumped them in a garbage bag because I knew I would never wear those clothes again. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. How, okay. How old were you? Hold on. I, I, this is, I literally have to think about if this. If you're like me, like sounds like you are. Yeah. I don't do math. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was 31. Okay. I was 31. Mm. And so I went downstairs, I put on other clothes and I remember people all of a sudden starting to come into the house. Mm -hmm. And I remember my friends, the godmother, like on the phone, I heard her talking to other people, but like, it just wasn't registering. Mm -hmm. And then the hardest thing was I was still nursing. Ugh. And my milk was coming in. Mm -hmm. And that was the most agonizing minute I had. Mm -hmm. Having to pump and not having a baby. Yeah. Did any It was excruciating. So did anybody uh, help walk you through that? Like, did you, how, did you pump for long? Like, what did you oh, yeah. start to... yeah. Yeah, no, I had already been pumping because I was at work. Okay. So I was pumping. Um, and then I, at some point, realized, like, I'm not going to be able to continue to do this. Mm -hmm. So, but that that took a while. And then, as I said, I had been living in L.A. And my best friend from L.A. called and immediately hopped on a plane. Mm -hmm. And got It's there. so funny how, um, kind of like you said, you don't really know what's happening around you, but it's happening. And it's like, you don't know how all these people find out, but they just find out. Yeah. And it's kind of a blessing in disguise that you don't have to pick up the phone and call these people to tell them something so terrible. Unfortunately, yeah. that falls on other people to do. Right. But True. 
true. Very about this, but I can tell your listeners it does get better. Mm-hmm. You can tell your story at mm-hmm. some point without completely breaking down. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say I don't still have times where I cry. Mm-hmm. Twenty three times when I cry, but it does get better. I promise you, it gets better. Wow. And that's a that's a good place to take. Okay, so Connor's birthday is April. April 12th. 12th? Okay. And he'll be 24 Yep, and he this died year? August 5th. And yep, he'll be 24. Okay, and August 5th. So we're going to take a short break, and then we will come back and kind of go into that, that hope that you're talking about, Allison. So we'll be Perfect. right back. We hope you are enjoying this podcast. If you would like more information on Emma's Footprints, please visit our website at emmasfootprints.com. To all of the families on their grief journey, we see you, we support you, and we remember your babies. You are not alone. And we're back. Um, we left off and we kind of didn't know. Connor had passed. You uh, Did you end up, my question, did you end up just dumping your milk down the drain? Yeah. Yeah. I did. I didn't know that there was, I never heard of milk banks. And to be honest yeah. with you, I don't know if they existed 23 right. years ago. Right. Yeah, because there wasn't, I mean, there wasn't books or handouts on what to do when no. you lose a baby and right. or alone pump your milk pump, if your baby yeah, dies I and you're and to donate it to a milk bank. Social media right. Right. Yeah, wasn't exist. what it was or is no. today. I mean, I literally was kind of winging it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there you are. You're winging it. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. And I think at some point before I left the hospital, his pediatrician said, we're not sure. We can't tell for sure, but we believe it's SIDS. And the, the you know, again, being that type A person, it's like, okay, I'm going to read everything I can. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, at that time, the only thing there was, was the what to expect when you're expecting book. Uh-huh, yeah. Right? Not even online, book. Right. And I read it cover to cover, except I didn't read that SIDS piece because I'm like, that's not going to happen to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I never read it. Well, and that's something that I honestly still get a little bit frustrated about, even to this day, is like, there's not pamphlets of, of things like that to prepare you, which all goes back to you don't really think it's going to happen to you. So right. you don't pick up the pamphlets that say. Right. Why would right. you want to learn something? You about wouldn't want to learn and educate anyway. if you were to have a loss. But I wish right. that there was a in, included in a class. If you were to have a loss, this well, is what you would do. But I'll tell you what. And I, you know, this was very difficult at Connor's memorial service. Uh, not only do you not think it's going to happen to you, but you don't want to hear about it. Because yeah. if you hear about it, then, you know, it's kind of like buying insurance, right? Mm-hmm. You you don't want to buy it because you don't want to think it's going to happen to you. And la, 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 I'm going to cover my ears. If I don't know about it, it won't happen. And at Connor's memorial service, some woman who worked for me, she was pregnant with her um, first son when Connor died. And just the fear, the mm-hmm. look of fear in her eyes, the deer in the headlight look, People didn't want to look at me mm-hmm. like like it was like, oh, my God, if it could happen to her, it could happen to me. So I don't want to think about it. So I'm not going to look at it. It's like a cold. They think they can catch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like catch a cold. Yeah. It's like, don't talk to me. I don't want about it. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. else I'm going to catch yeah. that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it was very difficult. So I went home and I started researching everything I could on SIDS. Now, keep in mind, at that time, there was no Facebook. Mm-hmm. There was no social media whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I could just, you know, research SIDS. And there wasn't a heck of a lot out of there. But what I did find was the SIDS Alliance. And I called the SIDS Alliance, and it, which is now called First Candle. Um, and I got a woman on the phone who, thank God, her name was Deb Boyd. She was my lifeline. She was the first person who I talked to very quickly who was like, okay, this is what's probably happened. And they had different people around, and she connected me with someone who came over my house who had also lost a baby to sit and talk to me. And I thank God for that happening because... What happened after that was I tried to find support groups and I found support groups and I went to a support group for grieving parents. But in the support group, there was a mom who lost a a child at 16. There was this mom. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I feel sorry for you, but you had 16 years with your baby. I didn't. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't relate. Right. Especially in those first, you know, months and years that you need that, that connection. Right. And then the other thing I did foolishly was I went to a um, therapist who really probably went meant well, but wasn't a grief therapist and told me I was depressed and wanted to give me medication. I was like, well, yeah, I'm depressed, you think? (laughs) And you're like, and I don't do medication. So (laughs) I could have told you that. Right. So, so that was very difficult. And the only thing that finally saved me was at that time, the SIDS Alliance was having national conferences. Mm. And I think it was maybe, I don't know, six, seven months after Connor died, we went to our first national conference and there was researchers there. There was other parents there. And it was the first time I could sit down with other parents who had gone through exactly what I had gone through, and I didn't have to explain myself. They got it. They understood me. And that's why it's so important to have support groups of people made up of people just like you. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's that that formula Mm -hmm. always works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't have to reinvent that. No. Um, And it just makes me sad that this is just kind of happening in the last, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 15, 20 years. But, yeah. You know, and these mamas before that didn't didn't have that. There's, I mean, there's a lot of work to do still, mm-hmm. obviously. But oh, yeah. It, that is well, and important. but I think also the challenge is from, from the stillbirth perspective, no one talks about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still no one talks about it. Yeah. And that's really challenging. And now, unfortunately, from the sudden unexpected infant death perspective where so many babies are dying because there's bed sharing or mom falls asleep breastfeeding and the baby dies. There's so much guilt associated with that. They don't feel like they can get into these support groups, but they can. They absolutely can and should because so so let's fast forward because I am that type A. Once I got involved with the SIDS Alliance and my role was public relations and communications, very quickly I was like, okay, I got to do something. Yeah. So I got, and I don't play small. 
I play big. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't get onto the local SIDS support group. Sorry, I'm going national. <laughs> so I got on the board of directors of the National SIDS Alliance. Of course you did. And, <laughs> yeah, of course I did. And I also got pregnant with my second child two months after Connor died. Okay. I want to talk about those emotions. What yeah. was that? Well, and was that, that was, and, and I'll tell you, I mean, I knew I wanted to have more than one baby. I, getting pregnant right away was the right thing for me. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the right thing for anybody else. Mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't trying to replace Connor. I knew I was going to want to have more kids. And let's be honest, I was 31. Yeah. Yeah. So it was the right thing for me. Mm-hmm. And so I got pregnant in, in September. Um, and by the end of November, I was down in Washington, D.C., testifying before Congress on why they needed to increase Girl. funding for this research. <laughs> I yeah. mean, can we just <laughs> round of applause, Allison? Can we just? Thank you. <laughs> That's so are a warrior mama through through. Well, you got you know what? That became my passion. Yeah. That became my passion. And that's how I got into my other business where I am I, I started a business called the Safety Mom where I'm a spokesperson and brand ambassador for helping save babies' lives from everything because I felt like if I could watch save one child's life in yeah. the name of Connor, I would have yeah. done something in his memory. Yes. yes. What was that called again? Say that again. Well, so I'm, I was known as the safety mom, and you can actually still find me online as the safety mom, but as my life has gone on, I've, I've kind of morphed from work dealing with baby safety issues to all safety issues, but now really focusing on women and how they can be happy, healthy, safe, and strong to care for their families and keep them safe. So my other website is allison-jacobson.com. And when do you sleep? <laughs> I don't. I don't. You are just, you're fueled with passion and you're fueled I with am. ambition. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And so I was on the board of directors for SIDS Alliance five years. I then took a break and went on to have my three kids and build Safety Mom. And then in 2015, SIDS Alliance, which then became First Candle, came knocking at my door and said, we really need a new CEO. Would you just take over temporarily? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't let this organization decline. Right. It saved my life. Yeah. And so I said yes. And here I am five years later, still the CEO of First Candle and still running my other business, wow. Allison Dash Jacobson, as a midlife coach for women. Wow. I love all of that. All because of Connor. <laughs> yes. All because, because, of, all Connor. because of Connor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's my guardian angel. And all my kids know him. We get Christmas ornaments for every year. Every three, all three of my kids know about Connor, know he's their guardian angel. When they started out in school, in elementary school, I made darn sure those teachers knew when they said they have three siblings, yeah. they knew that was the case. Yes. So important. Oh my gosh, that's so powerful. I feel like I could cry on that. That's so <laughs> powerful because it's like... I mean, it's so true. It happens all the time. We all hear it. How many kids do you have? You mm-hmm. sit there. You hesitate. You're like, no, I have two. Okay, I'm going to say, oh, do they really want to hear what I'm about <laughs> to say? So yeah, it's like putting your foot down, kind of like tips that we've talked about during the Christmas mm-hmm. season about preparing yourself. You already know those you already know those conversations are going to happen. So to yeah. prepare yourself to go into the conversation with strength and um, confidence, confidence answer, really yeah. kind yeah. of 
makes a huge difference and impact. Well, and it's also reminding yourself that you have the ability to educate one mm-hmm. person by telling your story, mm-hmm. and that could mean you're saving somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it's powerful because that it spreads, right? We're either spreading that uh, that education and empowerment mm-hmm. in a in a positive way, mm-hmm. or by not and keeping silent, right? It's actually we're then we're perpetuating yeah. the silence yeah. or the oh I I just have you know for me I have four children right, right. but I just yeah. have I have three boys well yeah, yeah. no I don't yeah and right. so right. It, we're picking one or the other right. but you know and exactly. I know there's there's times we want to enter into that and not but it, it's right. an hour in uh, our control. And I love, so I, I got connected with you. Um, I think it was like a year ago. My brother called me. He goes, Tracy, are you sitting down? I'm like, no, but I can. What's happening? He's <laughs> like, I was just working in this coffee shop and I was eavesdropping with this lady, you know, and she's, <laughs> she's talking about, you know, um, you must, I don't know who you were there with, if you remember, but um, you were talking about first candle, whatever. Yeah. And so, you yeah. know, his little ear perked up and he stood up and went over and, you know, excuse me. And we love him for that. Yes. And yes. I was like, Andy, I'm so proud of you. He's like, I have her number. She said to contact her. I was like, you're like my agent. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to email her right now. Yeah. And that's how that started. And it, it went on because your brother ended up running in the New York City Marathon mm-hmm. yes. for first candle. Oh, I was so proud of him. And I, I got to, yeah, I flew to New York City, watched awesome. him run. You know, I got so emotional when I saw him. I just burst into tears. Um, and I tell him all the time, Andy, call Allison and go help her. She needs <laughs> She needs you. She needs help. You, you can't help me here, but you can, you can go help her. I know how she feels. And she's got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you, it's it's not easy, but it's it's the most fulfilling work mm-hmm. I could ever have, and I'm sure you feel the same way, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's this, you know, if if um, these, I feel like moms that have had a loss, mm-hmm. we just have a bond. Like you don't even need to know who I was, right? You know, it's you know my right. brother saying, "Hey, my sister." you know, this X, Y, Z. And, yeah. and you were, you were like, here's, here's my information. Yeah. Give her my yep. info. And yep. I feel like the same yep. way. It's like, if there's a mom oh with my a gosh. loss, yes. I want to hear her story. How can I help? Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah. And, and that's, exactly. if it was any other situation, you'd be like, okay, weirdo, you know, go yeah. back to your table. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for yeah. Stop you driving. That's have rude. A, yeah. That's, have a great day. But <laughs> you I mean, you know, and I hate to say it, but we always say it's the club. None of us want to belong yeah. in, but mm-hmm. once we're in, we support each other tremendously yes I mean it's like I can say that I've made some friends over the internet all because of my loss which is so bizarre but we've exchanged phone numbers and we text and I just had one of my friends text me last night um, who also had a SIDS loss and when I saw her name come up I was like yay and I told her that and I'm like it's so funny we've never actually even met but we share such a connection that it's like it doesn't matter it wouldn't happen any other way yeah, and you know it, we also celebrate. So at First mm-hmm. Candle, we have three Facebook support groups: one for SIDS and infant loss, one for stillbirth, and one for miscarriage. And the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. we like you get to know people in those groups. You see the same names, you see how they're doing, and you know you cry with them, you celebrate with them, yeah. you laugh with them. Yeah, all those important. That I mean, that's how you build relationships, and yeah, it's like a. Totally. Instant relationship. <laughs> Been through the hardest thing. 
Okay, so we, we have a couple questions to ask you, but um, sure. Okay, first candle. Um, give us give us the website. So first it's firstcandle.org. Okay. And the meaning behind that is we are committed to getting every baby to their first birthday. What is what is um, what's your big project for this year in 2021 for First Candle? Well, so what it is is we we started doing focus groups around the country to understand how racial inequities mm. are impacting the rate of sudden mm. unexpected infant deaths. We're understanding what those obstacles and barriers are to getting the right education and the quality wellness. And this year, we're starting a major grassroots campaign because, unfortunately, right now, all the educational material out there is a one-size-fits-all. And that's not the way it is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can't expect. We're hearing from dads. They want to be involved, but they don't want to read something. They want to hear from other dads. They want to hear from other dads at the barber shop or at the gym. So we're trying to create this ambassador of dads. Mm. We know that young moms are on their phones and they're not reading. So we want to start a text campaign. So we are creating a grassroots campaign that meets families where they're at through the messaging that makes the most sense with no blame, no shame. Oh, I love that so much. Okay. How can our listeners help? Like what can you give them an action step to take? Well, I certainly can, because one of the things, as you know, is especially on Instagram, we see all these beautiful pictures of babies in totally unsafe sleep situations. And we have a program called Safe Sleep Guardian that any blogger or any organization can do free of charge. You just have to commit to only showing babies in safe sleep environments. You get to have our little badge that says, I am a safe sleep guardian. And we, you know, like I said, we need to have an ambassador of safe sleep agents who are out there on Instagram recognizing when we see unsafe sleep instances, we tell them how to approach the person in a non-judgmental way. Mm -hmm. But we also need to call out those companies and those shows that are showing unsafe sleep situations. Yes. We've got to change that. Yes. And so I encourage everybody who's on Instagram to tag people with first candle so that we can reach out to them. Um, we're on Instagram as first candle. You can always find us um, and let us know so that we can either, you know, congratulate people for doing it the right way or educate them about the other way. And also we're, we want to flood the area with baby's first birthday pictures. So mm. tag us in that so we can also celebrate your first birthday. Oh, I yes. love that. That's, and that's super simple. You know, it's just yeah. follow first candle on Instagram sign up to be an ambassador, take tag, safe, yeah, safe sleep yeah. pictures, and then post your, your baby when yeah. you turn one. Yeah. yeah, really easy. Super easy. And that's just the tip of the iceberg that. Exactly. That, you know, and do. we also do a bunch of online fundraisers now and we have fun. We did a bourbon and chocolate tasting, which was Ooh. awesome. We did a virtual cooking class, which was great. And in February, we're going to be doing hot chocolate bombs. Nice. Yum. I love those. Yeah. Those are delicious. Yeah. All virtual. So it's a lot of fun. Okay. I'll buy one of those. Okay. <laughs> Twist my there you go. <laughs> um, okay. Oh my gosh. I, I wish, I love that you're in Connecticut doing what you're doing, but I also <laughs> wish we could see you every week and <laughs> yeah. talk to you every week because I just want to go out and like run through doors right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I want to do all the things you just told me to do, Allison. Yeah. <laughs> you're super inspiring. Go, okay. go, go. Yeah. Exactly. Right. 
Okay, bringing it back well, to... Well, I'll tell you, when this goes live, we are also going to put the link on First Candle so everybody can hear what's going on because these, these conversations are so important. Oh, it's yes. so important. You're doing amazing work, and I love you know that we can partner and um, just there's so much empowering and education that needs yes. to happen, and we we got to do this together. Yeah. Um, yeah. To end to uh, end with our three normal questions mm-hmm. um, and bringing it back to grief a little bit, <laughs> um, Allison, what would you tell a family that has just experienced a loss? Be easy on yourself. Be easy on each other. You're going to grieve in different ways. There is no normal way to grieve. So be okay with what you're experiencing and understand you've got to at least go through that first year of milestones before you even nominally start feeling better. Mm -hmm. But please look at me 23 years down the road and know I am the face of hope and you will be there. Mm -hmm. Love that. Great advice. Okay, what are you learning about yourself as you continue on your grief journey? Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) I'm learning that I have forever changed, but I really feel like I've changed for the better. Mm -hmm. And I am not saying that I wouldn't wish to God Connor was back with me, but he put me on the path that I was meant to be on. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for that. I love that. I mean, we already knew you were a warrior before, (laughs) so. (laughs) so you knew that. And how would you describe grief in one word? Wow. How would I describe grief in one word? Amorphous. Amorphous? It's constantly changing. It's not the same any day. That's, yeah. That is, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Fact. <laughs> fact. <laughs> Hashtag fact. <laughs> Grows, changes, ebbs, flows, ups, downs. Yeah. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Right. There so is, right. you know, I mean, and I'm sure you guys know this, but the, the you know, stages of grief that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross did, mm-hmm. they were never meant to be linear. Right. They were mm-hmm. never meant for people who were experienced grief. They were for people who were dying. Mm-hmm. So don't get hung up on, oh, I didn't hit this stage yet, or oh, I should be up. It, it, it's wrong. It's flat out wrong. Yeah. And you don't arrive then at an end point. Right. It's, exactly. It's right. Constant cycle. Exactly. Oh my gosh, this has been so delightful. I yes. am just so thankful you called in and allowing us, shared Connor with us. Yeah, you're taking the words Aww. right out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I love sharing Connor with everybody. Right. Yeah, I am. I feel like I know him. Um, I'm so thankful for him and his purpose. Yeah. And it's amazing to, to, to see what you're doing yes. to Allison in his name. So. We are oh, truly thank you. I'm you. looking at his little picture right oh, now, so oh. that always makes me happy. Hi, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for calling in. Um, we cannot wait to see what First Candle does this year. We are here to support and help and encourage and cheer you on. Um, we're just so thankful for who you are and the way you you fight for for other families mm-hmm. and other moms. It's super inspiring. Thank you, and thank Andy for bringing us together. Right, <laughs> thanks, Andy. <laughs> All right, listeners, have a great day, and we will be back next week with another episode.